Hey there, I'm Eric J. Olson. And I'm Kevin Daisy. You're listening to the Managing Partners Podcast, where we interview top lawyers about how they're growing their firms. Hey, everybody. It is Eric J. Olson. And today I'm doing a double header of interviews with managing partners for the Managing Partners Podcast. And today, right now, is interview number one. So let me bring on our guest, Roseanne Filicello. Hey, Roseanne, how's it going? Going well. Thank you for having me, Eric. You bet. Thanks for making the time to be with us. Let me tell the audience a little bit about you. And then I have a whole bunch of hard questions for you. All right. <laughs> oh, bring them on. <laughs> Roseanne Filicello, the managing partner of Filicello Law, is a fierce advocate who represents clients in business litigation matters before state and federal courts throughout the United States, as well as before government agencies. Awarded AV Rating 5 by Martindale Hubble and selected as a super lawyer many times, including most recently in 2021. Roseanne, welcome to the Managing Partners Podcast. It's a pleasure to be here. Besides that awesome bio, <laughs> what else is there about you and your firm. Tell us a little bit more about yourself. Sure. Well, we started, I hung my shingle about 10 years ago, started as one attorney on a small off, windowless office uh, off of Union Square in New York City and had two little ones at home. And now we are a six attorney uh, law firm with staff. Uh, we have an office here in New York City and also an office in Westchester, which we opened during the pandemic uh, to make it a little easier for me to, to get some work done while also homeschooling and all the other fun things we were all doing uh, in 2020. Oh, wow. um, and you know, the, it's been an adventure. <laughs> Yeah, especially opening an office during the pandemic. I, I guess there was some convenience there, but uh, I'm sure also a, a little bit of trepidation about doing that. Uh, did you have some mixed feelings about doing it? Well, the only trepidation is taking on more expenses, more overhead, right? During a time of pandemic when we're all trying to figure out, you know, where business is going to go. You know, fortunately for us, things uh, stayed going in the right direction and we were able to carry through. But other than that, there, you know, it was it felt good to have a place to go to and be able to have some quiet time to be able to connect with my clients, you know, via the Zoom and, and web conference tools and telephone calls without having my kids, you know, always in the background <laughs> and trying to do, you know, some of the work we do is hard. It's hard work, right? We have to have time to think and quiet to think. And you can't always do that in the home environment when the kids are also home from school. So it was really the right step for us. So even though it was taking on ad expense, it, it definitely was the right move to make. That's awesome. Well, good for you. Uh, you're going to keep both offices post pandemic for right now yeah for right now i think we are it's it's proved to be you know a good a good way of functioning um the office in croton is has space for storage so we've actually moved a lot of our files that we had in various storage facilities in new york city up to that office so we have access to them and also just so that they're not in different storage units here in the city and then uh you know so for now we're definitely going to keep it we'll see we also may take on more space in new york city as we continue to grow so that's great. Who knows what's to come? Well, cool. So speaking of growing, you can't be growing without getting new clients or expanding the work you do with existing clients. But in particular, you know, a lot of the managing partners that listen to this, uh, they, they seem to have a common interest. They want to fill their case pipeline. How do you go about getting new clients? Well, you know, prior to the pandemic, our, 
our main marketing tool was always uh, meeting new people and forming relationships, you know, going to conferences, attending events, talking to colleagues, and continuing to develop those relationships one-on-one in person, generally, you know, going to lunch, having a drink, and going to events in person. Uh, Unfortunately, during the pandemic, we haven't been able to really use that avenue as much. And so we've had to beef up uh, some of our digital marketing. And so we've been, you know, trying to do that. We have a LinkedIn page, we have a Facebook page, I do some uh, tweeting on my own individual page uh, for Twitter and, and try to still meet new people. I mean, the whole point for our, for our practice anyway, you know, we're not a volume practice. We are a practice where we all are about developing unique relationships with each of our clients. And so in order to do that, you have to get to know people on a personal level and find out what their business legal needs are versus just, um, it's not like I can just send somebody a form. You know, they don't call me up for forms. That's not the way we practice. And so it's really important to make that connection. So whether we do it in person, uh, live, or we do it, you know, via oh, Zoom or, oh, you know, some other digital means, then we still have to make that personal connection. Gotcha. Yeah. When it comes to the digital marketing aspect, are you doing, uh, you know, you mentioned uh, LinkedIn, I think you said Facebook and Twitter, and is, is all of that like just posting, uh, interacting with people? Or are you running ads? Have you found success in anything like advertising? We haven't run any ads. We do try to do uh, some article writing and interacting with clients that way and potential clients getting um, some information out to people that's useful. You know, we try to be a useful resource. And so that's really how we go about it. We haven't really tried the ad approach. Again, for our business, we don't really do consumer. Uh, I don't have a consumer practice really. So people don't come to us when they're getting a divorce or, or uh, you know, have a credit card transaction that goes away. Usually we are really more of a, a business-based law firm. Gotcha. Yeah, that makes total sense. Exactly. Well, so what, thinking a, a little bit in the future, maybe say like two to five years from now, what do you think the firm is going to look like as far as the growth between now and then? It's an excellent question. I was just thinking about this the other day when I had a little downtime. I was trying to think about where we would be in a few years and map out um, how we would get there. And, you know, it's always a challenge. You never know what's going to come, right? Nobody, none of us foresaw uh, 2020 being what it was. It's so you can hope and you can plan, but you know, the devil's in the details, right? <laughs> uh, I do hope that we have a more of a presence in New York City. I never want to bet against the city. I think the city is already coming back and I'm happy to come into the office and work here and be close to other colleagues and clients and be able to meet with them. So I think that's key and important. So I'd like to build up our office here. I'd like to add some more lawyers. I know that we like to add a couple of associates, hopefully within the next, you know, two to three years, at least have two to four associates, maybe a couple other partners. We're not going to, we have no vision of being like a hundred person law firm. That's not our goal. We, we like the boutique size. We work very closely together. It's not uncommon for three partners to sit in a room and uh, finalize a brief together and have that interaction, that sort of brain power working on something, um, the energy from that. We all get along very well and have a very good uh, working relationship. And I I think we will want to maintain that. So we're not looking to grow to a point where we can't have those kind of interactions on a regular basis. Sure. But um, I, I do think that, you know, having a few associates to help us wouldn't, wouldn't be bad. <laughs> Yeah. Now, yeah, you definitely always want to maintain the feel as you grow that you had in the past, right? There was there was certainly mm-hmm. a, a positive there when you were smaller, and you don't want that to go away. No one wants to become a bureaucracy, right? So it's I no. think it's just very important. I think 
you're, you're right on target about trying to keep those personal connections. Those are super important in business and in life, right? So that's great. Man. You know, you mentioned a, a couple of different ways of acquiring, you know, or getting new clients. You mentioned uh, LinkedIn, Facebook, Twitter, webinars, sound alike, certainly during mm -hmm. the um, you know COVID period, in-person before that. Which techniques do you think kind of yield the best return on investment for you? That's such a hard one because I feel, and maybe I'm just not measuring it correctly, but I have a hard time knowing what the one thing we did that put us over the edge for a client to connect with us. It's often a referral from either former client or a former colleague, any of the partners at the firm. And that's generally, but maybe they wouldn't have called us if our website didn't also look serious, if our didn't also have a presence on LinkedIn. You know, yeah. you don't really know what it is that's going to push the client over to call you and, and look to you as the best resource for whatever they're working on. We try to do our best for each client and we do get a lot of repeat business, thankfully, from clients. So that's one avenue as well. That's a that's a, basically a freebie, right? You're yeah, you're getting yeah. <laughs> clients based on the work that you've done. But I can't really put a number on which you know which one is the most bang for the buck. I if someone could build a metric for that for attorneys, I, I think it's a hard one. I think for any service industry, it's probably a hard one to put an exact number on. But we do our best. No, I'm with you. I mean, certainly repeat business is uh, exactly what everybody wants, right? Uh, and referrals are a great source. No one, if anyone argues that referrals are a bad source, it's an invalid argument. Right? <laughs> everybody wants referrals. Uh, you know, the only thing that we found is that um, they're great when they come, but it's also unpredictable predictable. And uh, in order to actually cultivate those referrals uh, can take a lot of time, a lot of time and energy, uh, typically from the person that has a relationship, like you were talking about your attorneys, right? And you may not want them yeah. spending too much time doing that versus, you know, other things that are producing. So yeah, and the mix, the mix is super important. There's just a saying in marketing that 50% of your marketing doesn't work. The question is, which 50%? <laughs> so you have to constantly, I think that's like, true. Yeah. And, you know, there's things that you don't think about as marketing that actually go into the mix, right? I've always, for the past, I can't remember, maybe even since I went hung my shingle, I've been on a committee of the New York City Bar. Not the same committee. You know, you move around. I was on the litigation committee. I was, and now I'm on the women in the legal profession committee. I, you know, you go to events. You meet people there. We've, I, I'm on the board of the Colombian Lawyers Association for the first, first department. And so through that, I had the opportunity to put on CLEs. And so we actually did, uh, my team, plus we had a, a former colleague of mine from Patterson down that participate to bring in a bigger audience did a CLE um, online in February. It was fantastic. And we had a lot of people, you know, watching it. And we were able to use that as a resource later because it's been recorded. And so things like that, it's not directly marketing maybe, but it does help attorney referrals see you as someone who could handle their case. Like, oh, well, she, you know, she, she's on that board. She's done this, she's done that. And so um, and I encourage all my attorneys to do that. You know, I, I think it's very important and it's well worth it because it's also a way for them to develop their own expertise. And that's always important as well. Yep. Yep. I uh, totally agree. And yeah, a little bit of this, a little bit of that. And certainly in, in person, again, in-person networking, it, it lasts a long time, right? Hard really to scale, does. you know, hard to scale. <laughs> 
because you have to show up once again and nurture those relationships. But once you do that, and especially if you see the person two or three times, then you can really solidify a long-term relationship that should bear a lot of fruit from it in both directions, right? Exactly. It's also about you know, just putting the time in. You know, I've been doing this for a long time and I still have people that I worked with starting out in my career when I was in big law in, in Boston who still send me referrals today. Yeah. So, you know, sometimes if you can make a connection, you don't even need to constantly, thankfully in our world, because of LinkedIn and social media, you can reconnect with people that you knew, you know, in sort of another life of yours <laughs> 10 years ago yeah. or 15 years ago. And it's a good way to keep people up to date as things in your firm change, right? Maybe your focus changes. Mm -hmm. A lot of things change over the span of 10 years, right? So, yeah. Exactly. Well, cool. Uh, out of all the, the marketing things that you're doing and have tried in the past, what is one thing that you would like to change about marketing? Or if you could change one thing, what would that be? About marketing? I think I, I'd rather not have to do a lot of the social media stuff. You know, I would prefer if we could, it could only be in person. I actually enjoy meeting people and I'm naturally yeah. an extrovert. And so for me, being out and talking to people and really getting to know them one-on-one, -on -one, that's the way of having a successful client-attorney relationship. You know, even on cases that we bring in the door, when we first meet with a client, we always meet with them before we even are charging them a dime to make sure that it's going to be a good fit before we even enter into a formal relationship. Because we know as attorneys who've been doing this for a while that not every client is the right client for us and we're not the right attorneys for every client. And we need to know that we can actually solve the problem that they're having if they're having a problem. You know, we want to make sure that we're the right fit. And so for us, we take that, you know, we take it so seriously that we put money on the line. We spend time, we give time up for free to make sure that that's going to work out. Yeah, really smart. Yeah, it's, it's a good investment right up front. I, I completely agree with you. So let's let's shift just a little bit as, as we kind of wrap up this uh, podcast. Um, you know, we've talked a lot about getting the attention of prospective clients, getting them into your pipeline. Let's say, you know, at, at some point, okay, we're, you're working together. What are some tools that you are using to kind of manage the pipeline and then also so like the transition over into your clients and managing them. Are there some standard tools that you use? Sure. Uh, we use Clio uh, practice management as a way of keeping track of clients and deadlines. And, and it, it really is nice because it is all encompassing. And through Clio, we're, allowed, we're able to accept credit card payments through LawPay, which we found clients really love uh, more so than I ever imagined. I mean, even, even larger clients who usually you would expect they would maybe do a wire or something, they love having the option of using the credit card. And so we make it easy for them to pay and that works out for everyone. <laughs> And what else do we do? You know, we have all of our stuff is online, like uh, stored in the cloud. So we use a net documents package so that we have control of versions and also everything is, is always accessible. So our attorneys really can be doing their work everywhere. This, the transition for us in COVID was almost non-existent because all of our, everything that we use on a day-to-day -day basis is already online. And so there's really no need to be in the office except for the camaraderie and, and that piece of it, which obviously was missing, but we didn't need to, to serve the client, right? The client is going to be served no matter what. And that continues. And that's a really nice feature of how we, we handle the, the transition. We also communicate very regularly with our clients. We're always happy to take their phone calls. Sometimes clients would rather send us a text message. They can do that. I, I'm kind of old school, so I prefer that they don't. <laughs> I'd much rather have an email or a phone call conversation with them because I find that text messages, things can get lost in translation, but there are certain 
certainly are situations where that's appropriate as well. Do you have integrations uh, with text messaging into like your Clio platforms? Or I don't even know if that exists, does it? Uh, it does exist. I they don't think we use it. Maybe some of the other attorneys use it. I, I don't personally use it. Um, I, I don't text. Most of my clients don't text me. Um, just by choice. So the phone call and the email works pretty well on that yeah, front. That makes a lot of sense. Well, that was awesome. Thanks for spending the time with us. If someone would like to reach out to you, if they have a referral for you or want to speak to you <laughs> otherwise, what's a good way to get in touch with you? Sure. You can are always happy to take a call or an email. You can reach us at 212-584-7806. Our email on the screen is info at philichillolaw.com. You can go to our website, philichillolaw.com. Our personal email is there as well. Also, so we're on LinkedIn. You can find us on Facebook and I tweet at R Filicello. All right. I'm a tweeter as well. So I'm going to follow you. Yep. <laughs> okay. I All will right. follow you back. <laughs> thanks so much. All thank right, everybody. You, thank you, you so much. You, thank you. If, all right, everybody. If you've enjoyed this podcast episode, you can find more like this at arraylaw.com slash podcast. And if you are interested in spicing up your law firm, digital marketing, check out our offering at arraylaw.com. We provide digital marketing in the form of websites, SEO, social media, and online advertising. All right, Roseanne, once again, I appreciate it. Thanks so much. Thank you.